Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I wanted to kind of use this episode to look back on the last few years and the way that I've approached certain aspects of my life and my predominant focus for the last few years and how I really do feel that that is beginning to change significantly and has been changing significantly, I would say over the last six months. What you can actually observe even as a listener of this podcast or if you've been following me on different forms of social media I think that if you were to look at the way that I've evolved my content or my episodes, the transition that we're going to be talking about may be a little bit more obvious after having had this conversation. Because when I started this podcast, it was during a period of my life where I would say that my kind of self-improvement journey was the predominant focus in my life. Now, there are so many different things that you could call this journey, whether that's, you know, self-discovery, self-reflection, self-improvement. Sometimes I shy away from using the word self-improvement because it feels like I'm approaching it in the way of being a project. But When I actually think about the way that I was approaching my life, I think self-improvement is probably the most appropriate way of putting it. And I'm very grateful for the journey that I've been on and the lessons that I've learned about myself. But as we'll discuss in this episode, I think that I sort of fell into this cycle where that became such a prominent focus in my life that just being able to be with myself and not be focusing on what was wrong with me or what I wanted to improve or what I wanted to change or what I wanted to shift or what I wanted to heal was an unusual experience. I couldn't just be present with some of the evolutions or the shifts that I had previously made. And so you're doing all this work to evolve and to move away from certain beliefs or to make changes. And then when you actually get to that point, you're not even really able to 
fully enjoy it because you're just focusing on the next thing. Now, I do think to some extent that for me, I look at this desire to constantly kind of shapeshift and evolve and create as a positive thing in my life. And I don't necessarily think that arriving to a certain point and then looking to the next thing, I don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing because for me, it feels very natural to be creative with my life. But as we'll discuss in this episode, there's a difference between, for me, looking at my life and asking myself, what do I really want to experience out of this life? What haven't I experienced yet? What am I curious about? What am I wanting to experiment with? And that type of energy and that being behind the way that I approach you know, setting goals for myself or setting a vision for myself, it's very different from sort of analyzing myself and saying, here's all the things that are wrong with the way that I am or the way that I approach life. Here are all the things that I deem to be deficient in some way or defective in some way based on a societal narrative about the way that it should be. And so I'm going to get to work on fixing that. And that those two approaches feel very, very different to me. And I would say that the first approach that I described does feel like more of that process of self-discovery. I've also referred to this as the playful explorer and it's not necessarily navigating life or trying new things with the intention of getting a specific type of outcome that is attached to a specific type of success. It's experimentation just for the sake of trying something new and discovering something new and learning something about yourself in the process and having a sense of curiosity and joy and playfulness. And the second approach very much feels like taking narratives that are you know, passed down to us and internalizing them and determining what we need to fix about ourselves in order to match up with those expectations. So the reason that I bring this up is because what I began to notice is that I was really approaching my life from that problem-solving mode, that sort of constant self-improvement, constant fixing attitude of you're never quite there and you're never quite enough. And if something is going wrong in your life, it's because of this thing that you haven't fixed yet. And until you fix that, you're not going to be able to experience life in the way that you want to, which I feel is actually a trap because as I said earlier, as soon as I fix that thing that I think is responsible for preventing me from experiencing life in the way that I want to, well, then there becomes a new thing that I have to then turn my attention to and fix that. And I think the main reason that I became frustrated with this approach was that I was blaming these basically what I perceived to be deficiencies within myself for not being able to experience the thing that I wanted to experience. So it's almost like, again, I was taking a societal narrative that said you have to be this type of person in order to experience this type of success. 
I would internalize that and scrutinize myself and try to fix that aspect of myself until I perceived it was at a level that I could then experience that success. And what I really began to question was, are there different ways of doing it? Is me as I am not enough to be able to experience life in the way that I want to? And when I started to ask myself those questions and not see myself as necessarily being deficient, I began to find more examples of people who I resonated with who maybe even defied that narrative about you have to be this type of person to experience this type of success. And I began to actually question that kind of fixing approach. And I began to look at myself more as complete as I am with the potential to shape shift and to evolve and to try new ways of being and to improve in whichever way I should choose to. But is that not being a requirement or a prerequisite for me to experience life in the way that I wish to? What I began to notice is that I was approaching this area of my life, meaning, you know, my self-development journey. I was approaching it in a similar way that I approached other areas of my life that I had identified made me feel very anxious. So what I mean by that is the infusion of things like hustle culture and productivity culture and the need to fill every moment with something that is improving your efficiency or optimizing your well-being or whatever it may be, very much mentalities that I internalized with respect to work life and career and this idea that we have to basically be these machines that are capable of producing high levels of output at all times and if we're not able to do that then there's something wrong with us. Basically I was on this journey of trying to you know unlearn some of those narratives, not see myself as I guess not see my self-worth as being so associated with my productivity and being able to see myself as just inherently valuable outside of some of these narratives and outside of my productivity levels and my work output. And I had began to, begun, began, here we are again, I had started to notice that those things really took a toll on my mental health and that way of thinking with respect to my career life and my work life really took a toll on my mental health. And I did a lot of work to, like I said, unlearn a lot of that. But what I began to notice was I was taking a very similar approach with my personal life and with my self-reflection and with the way that I, you know, constantly needed to be filling every moment with something productive or a nonfiction book or learning something or bettering myself or exercising more or eating healthier or optimizing my life in some way and feeding into a very similar narrative as the one that I identified really took a toll on me with respect to my work life, which is that if I wasn't able to optimize, improve, and sort of be perfect with every aspect of my personal life and my well-being, then again, there was something wrong with me. What I what I noticed when I was consuming a lot of this type of content in my personal life 
with respect to self-development and healing and these sorts of things was when that was my predominant focus, it felt like I was literally never doing enough in that department. And that was a similar feeling to what I had in the work category of my life. So what I began to notice was it was basically a different manifestation of the same type of mentality, which is if you're not experiencing a certain level of success, if you are looking around and you're seeing people doing better than you in a certain department, it's because you're not doing enough. And here are the things that you need to be doing in order to meet the bar and to be able to experience that level of success. And like I said, just like I experienced in sort of my work in academia, that bar felt just impossible to reach. And it was the same with this attitude of self-improvement and fixing yourself. A question that I had for myself when I was so deeply embedded in this kind of world of self-improvement and self-development was is this doing what it is saying it's supposed to do which is making me happier making me healthier making me feel better about myself making me feel more confident and the reality for a period of time was actually no and it was having the opposite effect it was creating such a predominant focus in my life on the things that were wrong with me versus having any awareness of the things that were right with me. And having this focus, even in just a personal sense, made me so much more focused on negativity and problems and things that I wanted to fix as a whole in my life. It's almost like I would edit out a lot of the positivity happening in my life. I would not pay attention to the positive things happening in my life. I would think that they weren't as important to be aware of and to reflect on as what I perceived to be the problems in my life. And so rather than being able to look at myself and the many strengths that I possess and the uniqueness of my personality, the uniqueness of my way of communicating, the uniqueness of my way of thinking, the uniqueness of my life experience and what I have to offer and how much that and being, I guess, tapping into that could be a source of success for me and how I could amplify those things in my life and how I could explore them further and how I could evolve and be joyful and be playful with my life, I was fixated on here are the things that I think are wrong. Let's get to work on them and not even paying attention to or appreciating or acknowledging the beauty of who I am and appreciating that. I do think that I came by this honestly and I think that if you're experiencing something similar, then It's not worth blaming yourself for having this approach to life and feeling like you have been in this kind of cycle of needing to fix yourself because I think that is sort of on some level what we're taught to do. And from very young ages, we're being shown a certain model of what is expected from us, whether that's academically or otherwise. 
And we're constantly trying to meet that template or that blueprint for success. And what I found just in my own life and through talking with other people is not only is that blueprint or that template for success and for the optimal way to go about life, it is so unattainable and it's not inclusive of so many people, but it's also not desirable for so many people and it's also not suitable to the way that so many of us operate and I think it's sad that rather than looking at our differences and our uniqueness and being able to celebrate how many different ways we can express ourselves and navigate life we've been made to feel bad about the fact that we don't line up to this template that is expected of us and the reason I bring this up is because I feel again that that way of looking at life is very much constantly just trying to ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com make up for the deficiencies that we feel or to push ourselves into this box that we feel we've been expected to fit into. And again, I noticed that this was how I was approaching my personal life. And I never until recently in general stopped to ask myself, like, am I like, what am I doing? Am I enjoying this? Do I agree with this? Do I have a say in what I believe or how I believe I can live my life and when we're basically told that there's one way of doing things or one template or a kind of general outline for success and that's what we're fed from a very young age it can be sort of a confronting thing to question that because as I've mentioned before on this podcast 
when you haven't ever stopped to do that, you can feel just very lost and whoa, like I don't want what is being laid out in front of me, but what do I want then? Not only can that process be lonely and confusing and it can make us feel very disconnected from ourselves because maybe we've been working towards something for our whole lives that we really don't feel any level of connection with and then it leads us to question what we do value but also it can feel as though we're doing something wrong and we're doing something very selfishly to question the commonly held narratives and it can feel dangerous to do so. It can feel like we're being delusional or unreasonable. All this to say that I feel, unfortunately, choosing to approach your life from a place of joy and curiosity and experimentation and feeling like there's nothing necessarily wrong with you sometimes feels unnatural and it sometimes feels wrong and it feels more socially acceptable at times to be in that space of feeling like everything's wrong with you complaining about life feeling badly about yourself needing to fix things that it almost sort of feels socially unacceptable to operate from any place other than that i do want to take a minute though to say that I don't think having an orientation towards self-development or even if you want to call it self-improvement or self-discovery, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And for me, I think that I have my exposure to this world to thank for a lot of my evolution in that I was able to find new ideas about how life could be and expose myself to strategies and tools of being able to build confidence in life and various other things that I think have really contributed to my overall journey helped me to see things a little bit differently but I think again without being aware of this tendency to approach it in a very kind of problem-solving, fixing something wrong with me way, it could very easily for me become an obsession, a tool for avoidance, and a way of continuing to feed myself with narratives about all of the things that are wrong with me and are responsible for me not having the life that I desire. My relationship with this whole domain of self-improvement and self-discovery, as well as my relationship with myself, completely shifted when I changed my approach. And I started to see myself as a playful explorer and someone capable of shape-shifting and evolving simply because I wanted to have a new experience and I no longer wanted to be held back by narratives that told me I couldn't do X or I couldn't do Y or I couldn't experience a certain level of success versus what I had previously been doing and how I had previously been approaching it, which was simply fix myself in this way so that I can do this thing that is expected of me by others. And the template under this approach was quite often something that I didn't even really value 
myself. So the adjustments that I was making, the ways that I was going about fixing myself were more geared towards meeting that blueprint and meeting that template that someone else had laid out for me rather than what I truly desired and what I want out of life. A big part of this equation for me was the realization that at a certain point, I was just not having fun with life. Everything felt methodical. Everything felt calculated. Everything felt like it had to be productive and scheduled. And I've said this before in episodes, I'm sure of it, where I just would look at my childhood self as a template for joy and for curiosity and for being present. And I would ask myself, is en- was any of this energy present in childhood? Was any of this deep need to fix myself or to be perfect or to do things in a certain type of way or to fill every moment with productivity? Was any of that energy really present? And to be honest, I actually think that the answer is no. And if there was, it was very little. I luckily had a very playful, very joyful, very imaginative, magical childhood in many ways. But it's actually when I began to introduce these types of energies or these energies or narratives were introduced to me, that's when I remember things becoming a little more dull and a little bit more one-dimensional. And so choosing to move away from that for me has been about bringing back some of the magic of childhood but also life and the playfulness and the joy and sometimes it feels so selfish to want those things and to even think that those things are possible but I think that that is sad and I think that for me it's just become so important to consider joy and pleasure and see those as worthwhile to pursue and not necessarily selfish or unreasonable or delusional to expect that I could experience that. And so part of my experience in being able to reconnect with those things has been letting go of this need to constantly fix myself, improve myself, and to fill every moment with some activity that is oriented towards self-improvement or productivity. And now that I'm closing out this episode, I want to kind of explain a little bit more the title of the episode and where that came from for me and what that means to me. I think if I were to categorize my previous chapter of life, the one where I was very focused on self-improvement and coming from that problem-solving, fixing mode, the majority of content and books and literature that I was consuming was nonfiction self-development. This new chapter feels like it could be categorized by the fact that I am reading a lot more fiction. In fact, I actually made the conscious choice to not necessarily read self-help related books unless it was something that I really, really, really wanted to read and I haven't actually done that in a very long time. And although, of course... It's not just what I've been reading that has changed. I feel for some reason that the contrast of how I was spending my free time 
then versus now is kind of perfectly encapsulated by this idea of reading more fiction. And the reason that I think it speaks to everything I've spoken about in this episode really well is that for me, what I associate with fiction, especially for some reason like fantasy and reading fiction books and listening to fiction stories, is that it keeps a part of my imagination alive that isn't necessarily rooted in being methodical about life, thinking about myself all the time and what I need to fix and improve. It keeps a part of my imagination alive that I think really feeds into my curiosity for life and that part of myself that is creative and can create a new vision for myself and my life and what I want to experience and the playfulness and the joy and I don't know why that feels like such a good example to kind of share the contrast in what I'm reading but I really hope that that makes sense in the way that it has fed into reconnecting a little bit with some of the things that were very prominent in my childhood like my imagination playfulness and joy in a way that the way that I was previously approaching my life did not did not feed I celebrate as you guys know my evolution and I don't ever look back at previous chapters or I very rarely look back at previous chapters with a great deal of regret or resentfulness because I know that Sometimes I learn through contrast and having had such a predominant focus on fixing myself and the way that I was going about it and how that resulted in me feeling led me to prioritize more joy and more playfulness and reconnect with certain aspects of my childlike nature. And I've seen how reconnecting with those things has made me more joyful and just happier and I've been having a lot more fun and so I hope that maybe you found something in this episode that was helpful that you resonated with and it's not to say again just to reiterate that being able to focus on things that we'd like to evolve away from or new beliefs that we want to instill within ourselves it's not to say that those are bad things and I continue to celebrate those things within myself but it's always for me about questioning the energy behind those efforts. So I think that's the episode for today. Once again, I just want to thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, I think I'll leave it at that and I'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.